Good evening, church. Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Cole. I'm the pulpit minister here at Central Church of Christ, and this is Dan Spath. He's one of our elders, and we are just so grateful and thankful that you've joined us tonight for our Wednesday evening conversation through the Law and the Prophets. If you're listening to this on Spotify, I want to thank you so much for joining us. If you're watching this on Facebook, make sure you like and you share. Uh, that really helps us out. And if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed and you have bell turned on so you get notified every time we upload a video. Hey, we're really uh, sorry about last week. Uh, it was really a, just a unfortunate set of coincidences it was a perfect storm it really was yes one thing on top of another thing on top of another thing <laughs> and it hasn't ended it's just kind of no, continued we just figured but... out how to how to navigate it oh man so you know we're really sorry that we missed last week and you know lord willing it'll be a long time before that happens yeah. again yeah uh we really hope you enjoyed uh last week the presentation from eem by monty tuttle it was so great having him here it was so great hearing about the work that eastern european missions is doing and you know what he told me he said uh we took him out to lunch afterwards and what he told me was they're shifting excuse me they're shifting away from the eastern european missions name now they're just saying it's eem Mm-hmm. That's it. Like IBM, like, you know, that mm-hmm. type of thing. He said, we're really just kind of looking at EEM because they're at the point now where they're subl- supplying Bibles to people within 100 miles of China. Mm-hmm. They're supplying Bibles in Mandarin. They're supplying Bibles in in, um, in Arabic and stuff. So it's, you know, Eastern Eastern Europe has transformed into Europe. Asia. Asia. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, which is a great thing. Hey, it's a great thing. They've passed out. Uh, I think to date, he said they've they they're on track to hit. Gosh, I'm, I want to say last year they hit 1.3 million, and they're on track to hit 1.6 million, 1.7 million Bibles um, passing to passing out Bibles this year. So hey, if you're you know watching this and and you'd like to contribute to that, go check out on our webpage. You can check out that whole video uh, of the. Uh, missions report that he did last Sunday. You can check that out. And if you, this is some, that's something you want to give to, hey, just give it through PayPal. Just, you know, make a note of it. Hey, this is for Eastern European missions. Um, we uh, we had a special contribution and we and we collected almost $4,000. I know, it's fantastic. And, and we had, and we had like, our congregation had like five, six days notice. To, no, it was great. Days. I mean, yeah. it was awesome. No, you, you know? can definitely tell where the, where the heart of the congregation is yeah. at. Anytime yeah. we have anything missions related, they're on board. This, this church and is so on that's, board. And so that's yeah. fantastic. It was awesome. And it was very, very cool to see. So yeah. I'm very grateful and thankful. And so if you haven't, don't look, we're collecting money for the next two weeks. We're going to leave it open. Mm-hmm. And anything we collect in the next two weeks for EEM, we're going to pass it along. Mm-hmm. EEM is providing Bibles to a Bibleless world, and it's it's just so awesome. I cannot I cannot tell you, you know, something we take for granted in this country. Absolutely, there are places that they don't they don't have access. Absolutely, yeah. So you know they can't as as he was fond of saying, you can't just pop down to Walmart yeah. and pick up a Bible in Arabic. You, you know, can. or a children's you can, you Bible. You can buy Arabic. a Bible here anywhere. Pretty easily, yes, yeah. but it's not not so easy in some of those countries. So they're doing a great work. God is definitely involved. Um, and we've and been so, we've been associated with them for. 25 years, 20 years. Yes. We've been associated with them for a long time. So it's it's really great work. I cannot encourage you enough. Participate in the Million Dollar Sunday. Help get a Bible to someone who doesn't And we've got it. other stuff going on too. If you want to just participate with us. Absolutely. That'd be great. That'd be awesome. Absolutely. On our webpage, www.churchvictoria.com, there's a PayPal button at the top. Hit that donate. Follow those directions. And... Uh, you know, hey, if you want to give directly to us, you can do that as well. And of course, we'll put that money to good use to stuff like this ministry. We do lots of ministries like this. We Absolutely. Have a, we have a robust mission, uh, our own robust missions and benevolence program here at the body. Absolutely. So, hey, if that's something that you're interested in, if this has been a blessing to you, if this has been a blessing to you, feel free, right? Yep, absolutely. All right, we're going to be in Genesis chapter 41. Okay. 
Man, we're getting close to the end here. Well, we got lots to go here, man. We got a lot of stuff. I can't wait. I mean, we, then we're going to get into Exodus and all that movie. We're going to get some good stuff. We're not through. We're going to we're going to navigate through the whole Testament. So oh, I meant we're almost at the end of Genesis. Yeah, but yeah. I mean we're we're. <laughs> yeah, I'm we looking still got forward, a long way to go. I'm looking forward to to building on this. Just what's one fifth next. of the law. We've got a lot more law. Oh, we got a lot of lot to go, man. A lot to go. Well, let's pray. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much for the for the opportunity we have to uh, to be together tonight. Uh, for the opportunity we have to study through your word. We're, uh, we're, what a blessing it is to have uh, access to. You know, we know that there's a lot of people in the world that don't have access to your word. And, uh, and we're, we're partnered with, with some folks that are trying to make that happen. And I just pray, Father, that that ministry and that work will go well. Father, tonight we ask that you help us as we study, that uh, we might study those things that our audience really needs to hear. And then we'll make it clear enough so they can truly understand. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity. Thank you for this technology. And thank you for, uh, uh, for giving us this, this time space that we can do this. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, brother. Well, you've been an elder in the Lord's Church for quite a while. We've talked about that. You know, uh, we asked lots of questions about that. Um, you know, this evening, what I want to ask is, how awesome is it to get to participate with God in His Word? Oh, you know. You know, I can't tell you a whole lot about what we what we just experienced, but we just experienced, uh, you know, uh, some really awesome stuff just that happened just ten minutes ago, fifteen minutes ago, and and to well, know that, you know, we watched somebody obey the gospel. Yeah, that well, that's we got what, to participate with yeah. someone obeying the gospel. Yeah, they, you know, they, uh, and it and it's been a long, uh, it's been a trek. It it's has. Been, it's been a study for sure. It's been a, it's been it's been a study, <laughs> and uh, there was times when I wasn't sure that uh, that this person was gonna was was going to make that commitment, but they did. And uh, to sit, to know that God had his hands all over it. And uh, because even last week I'm, I'm looking at him saying, this guy's not going to, he's not going to make this jump. It's going to be tough. And, uh, and to see where it is in just a week and know that we didn't have any contact with him really in a week. And, uh, and it's just, it just, it's just awesome to be a part of. It's awesome to see it. It's awesome to know that, that, uh, you know, and, and you don't have to guess a lot of times when God's involved. You know, because we know from reading this, you know uh, what God's what God's intent is. Jesus said, I came to seek and save the lost. You know, if we're not a church here that is looking to seek and save the lost, then we need to go do something else. It's just simple as that. We need to go do something else. If, if we're not everyone on board doing that, and when we are on board, God's going to get God's going to get involved. You know, we've got we've got numerous people right now that we're that we're studying with and, and looking at and people are, are looking at God's word and trying to figure out how does this connect to my life and to watch God work. You know, I mean, I, I get to counsel with with couples and I'm counseling with a couple right now. And it, and uh, man, it's I mean, to see these two, I mean, I, I've, I've told you before, I've never seen a couple that uh, that I felt so connected with each other. Uh, they're like a, like they're like a hand fitting in a glove. I mean, it's it's unbelievable, and to know that God's the one that that got that to happen. I've saw it in my old, oldest son's life with his with his wife. You know that God caused that to happen. You know, and it's and it's you know it's it's really exciting to be a part of it. It's exciting to see. Uh, it's exciting to to uh, to know that uh, that we're on the right track. We're going the right direction. <clears throat> yeah, it's great. You know, I I couldn't agree with you more. Um, you I know, mean, again, you know, all of the ins and outs that got you here. I mean, you know, I mean, most of this church doesn't know what all happened. I do. 
And there is no other explanation but that God had his hands all over this, all over it. So, you know, I mean, you know, that's why when, 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 uh, when we offered you the job, I mean, I knew, man, this is going to be an awesome. This is going to be awesome because this is the, you're the guy that God had picked for us. We'd been praying for that, that God bring us the guy you picked, that you picked out, not the one that we picked out. Because, you know, nobody in their right mind hires you, man. You know that. You know, you know not a church like this. Yeah. A little church or something, you know, but, but not a church like this. And, and, and it's, been, it's been awesome. I mean, it's just been awesome. Look, I just want to clarify, I have a great resume. <laughs> All right. I have a great red. Don't don't listen to what he's saying. Um, no, it's great. It's great watching God work. Um, it's fantastic. You know, the Hebrews writer says that the the the, the his word is is the spirit is like a sword. Yeah. You know, double edged sword. Double edged sword, mm-hmm. and it's so you can see it. You know, you can watch. You know, in, in Ephesians, Paul will say, right, we are our enemy is not flesh and blood, but these strongholds and these powers, because you know whether whether you want. I don't know what to tell you, church. I don't believe in naturalism. I never have. There are spirits out there. And if you don't understand that, I'm very sorry. But you need to understand that there are spirits and they've taken over people and mm-hmm. they've taken over people with ideologies, mm-hmm. you know, and and they've built these strongholds in these people's minds. And you watch the spirit of God just go to town on those walls. <laughs> knock. It's like knocking down the walls of Jericho. Yeah, right? it really is. And, uh, you know, you're talking about that study we, we've had and I've watched, you know, I, I'm, I'm just me. You're just you, mm-hmm. you know, and this guy is who is this, this guy is. And he, and most people, like most people today, we believe what we believe. And there's no amount of me talking or you talking that's going to convince anybody of anything. Mm-mm. But when the word of God gets a hold of you yeah, and to watch him knock down walls and barriers in people's mind and you see it, you see it on people's face. Yeah. I mean, it's so, it's fantastic. I saw and it tonight. It has nothing to do with me. He was humbled. Nothing to do with me. Nothing to do with you. No, you know, I'm. No. I, I am sorry. I am not. I have watched men much smarter than me, much more eloquent than me, go to town against people and their false beliefs, and those people aren't touched. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to the Word of God, yeah, man, man, nothing can stand. And yeah. so it's it, it's just been fantastic. It's been fant- just from my perspective in in the studies that I've gotten to do since I was here, in the in the reactions from the body here, mm-hmm. you know, as they they seek to really be God's heart and hands in this community and beyond. Um, it's just I mean, and been great. To, and to watch in a, in a, in a state of pandemic and fear <laughs> yeah. and, uh, yeah. and, yeah. and people not a, a lack of understanding <laughs> and to see this church oh. still moving forward and moving. Man, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. I forget. And we've been, we've been pretty well protected here. You know, I, I forget there's a pandemic on sometimes. Yeah, I do too. You know, I completely forget because God's moving and he's working and, you know, I, you know, it's just awesome. It's just awesome to see him work. It's awesome to be a part of it. And, you know, if you've never experienced that, if you're in the body but have never experienced God working through you or uh, with somebody or, or never seen it, you know, you, you need to get back in the book a little bit. And, you know, if you need to start being ch- on the lookout, if he wants a, to work through you. Yeah. If you're at a church that, that you that you're coming, you're feeling maybe they're not really teaching the truth. And I don't I don't know that. Get in the book. Get in the book yeah. and and get and and ask God to help you to navigate through it. Give us a call, give us a call. And let us study with you. You know, you've already got a couple of studies that where you have like Skype studies or mm-hmm. Zoom uh, studies yeah. mm-hmm. that you're doing. Um, you know, if you're in this town, man, we'd love to meet you. 
Loved it, you know. Well, and you know, we're not remember, asking you to come to church. We're just asking you to just meet. Well, us. I remember Acts chapter seventeen. You know, the Berean mm-hmm. Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica because they searched the scriptures daily mm-hmm. to see if what Paul taught was true. Yeah, and so you should have the same mindset. You know, it's not. You know, if somebody says, well, is this what it really is? Is, is it really what this guy is saying? The only standard is the word of God, and you got to get in it. And there's so much error In teaching? There. Oh, yeah. I mean, and, I mean, just in the, in the people and how people look at, at all the different nuances of our society today and, you know, all the different directions that society well, takes. And people yeah. are trying to affirm those things with the book. And, and, and you can't. In many instances, You're talking about like uh, like people who would say like, well, Jesus is a capitalist, or Jesus is a socialist. No, Jesus ain't any of those things. <laughs> no, no, no. It's... Means of means of controlling production, whether it's a free market or not, are God. You know, God's not worried about it. He created it all. It all belongs to him anyway. It, it all belongs to him. He's, he created. He's it all. using he's... he's using it like you would a jar of pennies. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> you know, use a jar of pennies to do. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Give... I, I hate to break it to you. Jesus is neither a capitalist nor a socialist. <laughs> yeah. He's a theocratic monarch, technically. Yeah. yeah. He, you know, so he's king. He's king, exactly. He's king, yeah. and he was and he was yeah. given kingship by his father. That's right. He was made king, made yeah. to sit at his right hand, and 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 put everything under his feet. What Ephesians says yes. tells us. So you know, and that's what we're trying. That's who we're trying to get to. That's Remember, right. That's, that's how we started. That's and that's yeah. really what we've we've been Joseph looking ain't at. him. Well, it, but he's a type, and so this is so yes. cool because we're we're seeing a type of Christ, right? And so Adam is a type of Christ. Mm-hmm. Joseph is most certainly a type of Christ. Yes. He is a very he is a salvific figure mm-hmm. within the book of Genesis in in um, Joshua and at the end of uh, Deuteronomy we see uh, Joshua rise up as a type of Christ Mm -hmm. as well. And so it's not about like with every other figure that's come along in Genesis, right? We have seen major flaws and we don't really see that with Joseph. No. And so the questions on our mind should be from Genesis chapter three, is this the guy? Yeah. Is this the guy that's going to stomp on Satan's head, on the serpent's head and restore humanity? Is this the guy that's going to do it? That's what we should be asking. Mm -hmm. And um, it's a great question because we're going to see a lot of a lot of stuff happen, but in the end, he's, he's going to die. He's not the guy. Well, when he dies, we know he's not the guy. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that's where we're at. We're in Genesis 41. We're going to jump into it. So in verse 1, Genesis 41, when two full years had passed. Now, Pharaoh, we have to remember, Joseph has asked these two guys when they got out. Yes. That he interpreted their dreams. And at the last verse, the chief cupbearer, however, did not remember Joseph. That's he right. He forgot him. That's right. So Joseph is in prison for another two years. That's right. Okay. So when two full years had passed, Pharaoh had a dream. Where was God when, when Joseph was in prison for another two full years? Where was God? Fulfilling his plan. God was with him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it made it God's clear. always been with it him. It made it really clear in, in, what is that, 39, I believe? In uh-huh. 39, it, it was like repetitive within the... Uh, that God was with him. That God was with him. That God was with him. And that's that hasn't changed. God was with him. In prison? Yes, in prison. God mm-hmm. was with him. Yep. God was still with him, yep. even in prison. Sometimes, hey, success in God's eyes doesn't always match up to what our world mm-hmm. thinks is success, right? So in verse in chapter 41, verse 1, when two full years had passed, Pharaoh had a dream. He was standing by the Nile, when out of the river came up seven cows, sleek and fat, and they grazed among the reeds. After them, seven other cows, ugly and gaunt, came up out of the Nile and stood beside those on the riverbank. 
and the cows that were ugly and gaunt ate up the seven sleek fat cows. Then Pharaoh woke up. He fell asleep again and had a second dream. Seven heads of grain, healthy and good, were growing on a single stalk. After them, seven other heads of grain sprouted, thin and scorched by the east wind. The thin heads of grain swallowed up the seven healthy, full heads. Then Pharaoh woke up. It had been a dream. In the morning, his mind was troubled. So he sent for all the magicians and wise men of Egypt. Pharaoh told them his dreams, but no one could interpret them for him. Then the chief cupbearer said to Pharaoh, Today I am reminded of my shortcomings. <laughs> Pharaoh was once angry with his servant, and he imprisoned me and the chief baker in the house of the captain of the guard. Each of us had a dream the same night, and each dream had a meaning of its own. Now a young Hebrew was there with us, a servant of the captain of the guard. We told him our dreams, and he interpreted them for us, giving each man the interpretation of his dream. And things turned out exactly as he interpreted them to us. I was restored to my position, and the other man was impaled. So Pharaoh sent for Joseph, <coughs> and he was quickly brought from the dungeon. When he had shaved and changed his clothes, he came before Pharaoh. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I had a dream. No one can interpret it. But I've heard it said of you that when you hear a dream, you can interpret it. I cannot do it, Joseph replied to Pharaoh. And the cupbearer's mouth dropped like a stone. <laughs> it doesn't say that. <laughs> but you know that's what happened. Oh, yeah, you know that's what happened. And then, right then and there, when Joseph said, I cannot do it, the cupbearer immediately thought, oh my gosh, they're going to throw me into prison too. Yeah. Or impale me. Or impale me like they did the <laughs> chief baker. You know, I wonder if when he says it like this, yeah, because he could have said it a lot of ways. I wonder if he's looking at the cupbearer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just wondering. You know he's got a bit of an axe to grind. I, I mean, You've if left any, me there for two more years. If anybody has an axe to grind, I would say Joseph has an yeah. axe to grind just a yeah. bit. And I'm just curious. That's not in the text. It doesn't say any of no, that. No, it doesn't say any of that. But I've always wondered, you know, I cannot do it. Yeah. I can't do it. Why'd he say it that way? Why'd he say it that way? Yeah. Why didn't he Why didn't he say it right off the bat? Well, God can do it. I can't. You yeah. could have said it that way, yeah. right? Yeah. You know, but he, but very clearly, I cannot do it, Joseph replied to Pharaoh. But God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. You know, how often do we forget that? Mm. You know, and I, you know, how often do we forget that it's God doing things? It's not us. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we just had, we just, we've had this study. We've had this, this man put on Christ, except mm -hmm. the gospel. Um, that wasn't us. No. You know, no. that wasn't us. No. It's not because I'm good at what I'm doing, or you're good you, at what you're doing. Absolutely, it, it wasn't us because it was it was a it was a confounding, confusing study for me. One of the most difficult ones I've been in uh, because of of some of the answers we got and some of the directions that that this study was being taken, and uh, and I, I got frustrated because I couldn't I couldn't get it where I needed it to go. You we couldn't do it even together. We couldn't sometimes. Sometimes I'd leave that study and I'm going, this hopeless man, what's the point? It's never going to happen. And then here we are, what, three months into the study? Mm -hmm. Two, three months in the mm -hmm. study? And here we are, and this guy's put his Lord on. And, and, and I saw, the, I saw the, the, the humbleness in him. I thought there was a time when he was going to shed tears a while ago. And... And that was awesome to see, and I know that that God's been God's been involved in this the whole time, touching this man's heart through the yeah. Word, 
you know, and, and giving us words to say that seemed inadequate, but evidently they weren't because God was giving them to us. Because, you know, <clears throat> this study, you know, I was a part of this study, and it's not like a study any that I've ever, that I've really been a part of like that. You know, usually they go different than that. And so I even learned in this study, man, sometimes you just got to back off and let God handle it. God's got it. God's got this. He knows what he's doing. That's right. You know, he knows this guy's heart. I don't know his heart. Because it seemed to me there were times when his heart wasn't really into it. That's what it seemed to me. But, you know, that shows how much I know. I thought I did, but I, I found out I didn't. So, you know. <laughs> well, and how easy is it? How easy is it to forget that it's really God moving and God working? You know, I think for, I know for me anyway, it's it's real easy for me to want to control, mm-hmm. you know, every little aspect of everything, right? Mm-hmm. I got to have it exactly this way or exactly that way. And, you know, it. sometimes we just need to get out of the way. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we just need to have a little faith. Yeah. You I, know? I, I think, I think, Part of this thing was to help both of us grow because mm. I've grown, you've grown. You know, we've grown as a team together, how we how we conduct a study. You know, we've got other studies that we conduct together and they're different. They're not the same. Right. They're not the same kind of study. This was different. And, uh, you know, there was times when, when I walked in that study and I was sure glad there was somebody else in there because I really did not want to do that study by myself. And, uh, and now I'm looking at it and saying, man, you know, we've both grown, man. We've both grown through it. And God's and God knew all that. Joseph is growing here. Yeah. Jo- Joseph's got a, a a a way bigger hill to climb here in a little while because his family's coming at some point, and he's gonna have to deal with that. Just dealing with the the chief cupbearer, if all he says, I can't do it. If that's all he does, he's got some. He's got to grow <laughs> into another. And that's the that's the neat part of this is is all the while we're doing what God tells us to do. God's growing us all the time. Even when we're failing. Absolutely. And I think sometimes we forget that. When we're failing, you know. And it seemed last week like we were failing. Mm. You know, because, you know, they don't need to know what all. But it was a perfect storm of a lot of stuff was happening. The reason we could not record and the, and the reason oh, yeah. other things weren't happening. Yeah. And, and, you know, I mean, you know, I mean, it just seemed like it just seemed like it was a snowball going well, down a hill. And I certainly feel this summer I've spent most of the time on my face. Yeah. You know, rather than you know succeeding by any metric, but it's it's interesting that even when even when we have periods of our times like this, you've referred to it before in in our conversations as as the valley. You know, mm-hmm. uh, God is still working; He's still working; He's still growing us. This has been a huge for Joseph, for example. And, and, this and, has been a huge valley for him. Yeah, and I and I when we studied with this other couple, I said you got to look for the rainbows in the valleys. Sure. You know, like like Noah and his family, God showed him a rainbow. I mean, showed said, "I have always been there. Yeah. I'm all, I'm still there. When you see that, you'll know that I showed up." Well, God shows up biggest times is when we're in the valleys, and so yeah. we need to look for those rainbows in the valleys, and they're always there. It's just not we're just we just don't want to see them. We don't want to find them sometimes because we're so miserable hmm. and it's so horrible. You know, and it's it. You know, I I I talked to you the other day and I said, "How are you doing?" You said, "I'm a wreck." I'm a wreck. Yeah. You know? And I'm going, I want to say, man, look for the rainbows. You didn't want to look for them right then. Not right then. Uh-huh. <laughs> Not, then. Not looking for no rainbow right then. You know? But, uh, but there has been some. Here we are, even through all of that, here we are with this guy putting his Lord on in baptism and, and making a commitment to follow Christ with his life from now on. That's amazing. It is. It's awesome. Yeah. So... You know, I look at this statement from Joseph, and, and all kidding aside, 
you know, it's so important to remember that it's God working through Absolutely. us in every way. You know, it's not what it's not my, by my power or my ability. And if it was, we're all in trouble. Yeah. yeah. You know, and how many times have we have you seen people fall apart at at some at some place of worship, right? Where everything is about the this guy, he's the guy, and then he goes down and everything falls apart. You know, where we have to understand and remember that it's not about the guy. Where our faith, our trust, all these things isn't in, in some guy in some suit or, or some guy who looks good standing up in front and talking. It's not that. Our faith is is supposed to be in the guy that guy is supposed to be talking about, which is yeah. Jesus. Yeah. Or which is the father here yeah. in this in this yeah. case. Absolutely. And so Joseph knows, you know, it's amazing. After all the years he spent in prison, he still knows what's what. And without without any hesitation, he immediately points back and he says, yeah, I can't do it. But God will give Pharaoh the answer he desires. So then Pharaoh tells him the dream. In my dream, I was standing on the bank of the Nile. When out of the river, they came with seven cows. After them, seven, seven other cows came and they ate up the seven cows. I saw these heads of grain and then seven other heads sprouted and they were withered and thin. All these things, these things happened and, and no one has been able to explain it to me. So then Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one and the same. God has revealed to Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years and the seven good heads of grain are seven years. It is one and the same dream. We're in verse 27. The seven lean, ugly cows that came up afterward are seven years, and so are the seven worthless heads of grain scorched by the east wind. These are seven years of famine. It's just as I said to Pharaoh, God has shown Pharaoh what is he about to do. Seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt, but seven years of famine will follow them. Then all the abundance in Egypt will be forgotten, and the famine will ravage the land. The abundance in the land will not be remembered. Because the famine that follows it will be so severe. The reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms is that the matter has been firmly decided by God and God will do it soon. And now let Pharaoh look for a discerning and wise man and put him in charge of the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land to take a fifth of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. They should collect all the food of these good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh to be kept in the cities for food. This food should be held in reserve for the country to be used during the seven years of famine that will come upon Egypt so that the country may not be ruined by the famine. The plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his officials. So Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone like this man, one in whom is the spirit of God? That is a, that is a neat I love that text because when you are living by the Spirit of God, people will know. That's right. You're not going to have to tell them. Nope. They'll know. You know, they're, they're, you're not going to have to stand on a street corner and say, oh, praise Jesus. They're going to know that you have the Spirit of God because of the of the gifts that the Spirit brings. They're going to be evident in your life. And and that's what's happening here. The, the, this guy, Joseph, is is a godly man who has been a godly man through every form of trial and tribulation you can imagine. And he's always been a godly man. You don't think Pharaoh checked this guy out? He didn't just listen to this cupbearer that he had thrown in prison? You don't think he... I mean, we, read between the lines, guys. This is Pharaoh. Are you insinuating there's more than that happened here? Oh, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, folks, you know, learn how to read between the lines. Learn how to look at it and say, how does he know that, you know, just because this guy interpreted his dreams... Or has he checked it out and found out that everywhere that Joseph has gone, in every bad situation, he has caused people to prosper? 
God has blessed him. And he's realized the Spirit of God has been on this guy. You know, if the Spirit of God is on people, you're going to know. You'll see it. You'll, you'll be able to witness that because of the kind of lifestyle they'll live. Sure. Absolutely. Well, and, you know, we've, I've said that. I can't count how many times I've said this, but, you know, practice what you preach. Mm-hmm. You know, there are big debates in this country right now about all sorts of things, climate change and all this other stuff. And I, and I use this. I'm not, look, I'm going to use this as an example, but I'm not coming down on either side of the argument. Mm-hmm. It's not for me. It has nothing to do with me. I'm not a scientist. Guys way smarter than me are talking about this. So don't misunderstand what I'm saying. I'm just using this as an example. How many people talk about climate change? They, they claim it's an existential threat. And all the people that are claiming it's an ex- existential threat have homes that measure in the 30,000 square feet range and fly around on private jets. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you something. I don't believe anything those people have to say. Mm-hmm. I don't believe it. Why? Because these are the people that are supposedly in the know and they're telling me who drives a mile back and forth to work you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Live in a smaller city, you know, don't, don't, not, my carbon footprint is tiny and they're flying around on a private jet, mm-hmm. you know, putting all sorts of carbon dioxide in the atmosphere, doing all sorts of things. Do they practice what they preach? No. 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 So I don't believe anything they have to say. No. Right? No. I don't, I don't, I don't buy it. Doesn't mean they're, they're, it doesn't not, mean that it's not happening no, it or doesn't. they're wrong it or just, anything like it that. Just, they, yeah, they're not believable. They are not. They're not going to be people I look at and go, oh, man, I better buckle up. Yeah. Now, if I see these people sell their private jets and sell their 30,000 square foot homes and start living in tents and cooking stuff over campfires, maybe I'll rethink <laughs> yeah. what they have to say. Not going to happen. But not going to happen. You know, I'm sorry, but you don't practice what you preach. Mm-hmm. Joseph, on the other hand, Joseph, on the other hand, does practice what he preaches. When it came to Potiphar's house, when it came to Potiphar's wife, when it came to the guy, the guy in the garden of jail, and now when it's going to come to Pharaoh, every time, every time, even when it was bad, everybody prospered. God blessed him. Why did God bless him? Because he was living according to God. From the beginning of Joseph's story mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. of imprisonment to mm-hmm. now, it has been made clear over and over and over again that God is with him. Doesn't matter if it's a valley. Doesn't matter if it's a hill. God is mm-hmm. with him, and it's evident. It's evident to everybody around him. It's so awesome. It's a great text. We should also, of course, you know, can we find anyone like this man, one in whom is the spirit of God? Is this our guy? Well, looked like it so far. So far it does. And Mm -hmm. what's awesome is he is going to save the world through Joseph. Mm -hmm. He does. He blesses all the nations of the world Mm -hmm. through Joseph. Yep. But he is not the ultimate guy. No. He's a guy we can look at and we can say, man, this is the guy I ought to be like. How many men in the scriptures do we see that are like that, that are, man, I ought to be like this guy. And each and every one of them through, went through severe trial. Yeah. Is there a single one of them that you can think of that didn't? No. I mean, oh. I'm thinking Moses. 40 years in exile. We haven't got to him yet. I mean, we haven't got to him yet, but 40 years in exile. Abraham, sojourning and wandering, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's, this is just, that's, you know, just looking at Genesis with Abraham, you know, I'm looking at Jacob. Look, I mean, look at Jacob who who was stuck in Padan Aram, getting yeah. cheated left and right, you mm-hmm. know? I mean, now he was doing his own cheating, but yeah. this still stands, mm-hmm. you know? Think of Job. My gosh. Mm-hmm. 
you know, how, I mean, I can't think of anybody in the scriptures who is like a type of Christ like that, that didn't, that doesn't go through trial. Do you think we're going to go through trial? Sure we are. You know, James chapter one says the testing of faith develops perseverance. You know, God's going to test us. God's going to put us in situations and it's going to, and it's going to, it's going to grow us. It's going to test us. It's going to you know, develop I, us. I, there's a really great YouTube channel. I, I want you guys, if you haven't checked it out, you should check it out. They do such a great job. They're called the Bible Project. Mm -hmm. And they have, a, they have a whole video on this testing concept. And what they call, they call this test, another way to look at it, and they do such a great job with this illustration, but they call it an opportunity, right? Because when we think of test, we think of something that's a challenge, mm -hmm. that's difficult, that maybe something I don't really want to do. Mm -hmm. But a test is also an opportunity. Sure. It really depends on who's giving it. See, when God is giving us a test, it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity for us to trust him. Mm -hmm. It's an opportunity for us, our faith to grow in him. It's an opportunity for him to show up and demonstrate his goodness and, and greatness. it's also an opportunity for us to fail. And that's what the enemy wants. Mm -hmm. The enemy wants us to fail. Mm -hmm. It's an opportunity for the enemy to destroy us. How many times have we, been, have we gone through various trials and tribulations and we have failed? Yeah. We have failed. But God can still use those times. But what, is, but what is the failure? And I think that's something that we need to recalibrate on. Because I think for me and you and for a lot of us, failure is, I said something I shouldn't have said. Yeah, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I stumbled, mm -hmm. right? I maybe, maybe I said something I shouldn't have said. Maybe I did something I shouldn't have done. But that's not failure in the eyes of God. Mm -hmm. Remember Abraham, right? Laughing before him. And in Romans chapter five, four or five, it says, and Abraham never doubted. But God's sitting here telling them about this promise in Genesis. We looked at this and, he, and it says Abraham laughed. And how is my dead body right? Was that a failure? Well, but sometimes failure, especially with our audience, sometimes failure, they're going through it right now, is, uh, or it seems like failure, is somebody's died in their family. Or, you know, they've, they've lost their home. Sure. Or they've lost their job. Or they, you know, especially for a man, he's... He's lost his job, can't provide for his family, feels like a failure. Okay? It may not be a failure at that time, but that's the way it feels. It feels like I failed. You know, uh, you know I, my mate and I can't get along, and so now we're in a divorce. You know, our children are going to be affected. Now it feels like a failure. And that's what a lot of our, our, maybe some of our audience, that's what they're going through. And they need to understand that, that we see them that way many times because we do not have a relationship with God. When you don't have a relationship with God, you look at these at these things that go on around you, and and they and they are failures. They're catastrophic failures. They're failures that can cause us to abandon our our hope, abandon our our drive, and go in the wrong direction, and end up in in a year or so. That's the failure. Yeah, and that's true. It is. See, the enemy wants to convince. If you're, of course, look. If you're not in the church, if you haven't put on Christ, then every time you turn away. The spirit is, is sticking you and you're turning away. You're hardening your heart. <clears throat> Every time you're doing that, you're failing, mm -hmm. you know, but all of life then at that point is outside. I look, I remember what that was like. I was, in fact, I was talking to a, a brother who just put on Christ not a few months ago <clears throat> and I was talking to him and I asked him, I said, when was the last time, you know, you just, you know, you went into existential crisis mode where you're sitting there going, oh my gosh, 
what am I doing here? Why am I here? What is the point of life? You know, what, what is this? So this is it. This is, I'm just, I just go to work every day and I get a paycheck and then I go home and I get it re- rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat. And so deep you can't see the side. And that's success, you know, <laughs> oh my gosh. So I'm just, I'm, I'm really just here to provide a paycheck for other people to provide taxes to the government. Then I'm going to die. And that's the end of it. And so I said, when was the last time that you, that, that thought went through your mind, rampaged through your mind? When was the last time that you just looked around and went, what in the world is going on? Why am I here? What? It's like, when was the last time that happened to you? And he looked and he, well, we were talking on the phone and he said, you know, it got quiet. And then he said, not since I put on Christ. Once you're on this side of Christ, mm-hmm. you know, those questions all, all have, have really awesome and, and amazing answers. Are you answers. listening, guys? Amazing because answers. if you have not put on Christ and you're, and you're seeing life from that perspective, maybe it's because Christ is not a part of your life. When Christ, God was a part of Joseph's life. There is no doubt. No doubt. Though he saw hardship and problems and chaos as opportunities. Well, and, and what's cool is it, when you're on the side of Christ, even our, our, his definition of success and failure changes. It's no longer about how well did I do personally at this thing or how well did or how bad did I fail at oh, this thing. Oh, didn't you need to hear this last week? Yes. Yeah. No, I definitely <laughs> yeah. need to hear it. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and a good sister caught me, caught me out the door and I was talking to her about it. And I said, you know, and I said, I've just been failing all summer. And she said, no, you haven't. And as soon as she said it, I knew where she was going and I know she's right and mm-hmm. I know I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. But I said, you know, I've been failing all summer. And she looked at me and she said, no, you're not because you didn't walk away. Mm-hmm. And you're still here and you're still getting up and you're still trying. She said, that's what matters. And she's right. She's 100% correct. Mm-hmm. She's 100% correct. There's no no doubt in my mind. You know, that that is exactly correct. As we walk in the light, as he is in the light, the blood of Christ continually cleanses isn't it, us. Isn't sin. it a great feeling to be in a place where you can get caught by, by a sister that five years ago you had no clue what her name was or who sure. she was. Yeah. And she tells you something powerful, some powerful thing like that. And said, you know, you're right. You're right. And that maybe two or three years ago, you wouldn't even have seen it from that perspective. You wouldn't have looked at it. Wouldn't have wanted to see it. Please don't talk to me. I don't want to, I don't want to hear this. You know, and, and now to be a part of a place where, and that's why, that's why I feel it's such a blessing that this church, that this body of believers is such a blessing because, because I, I know that there are people here that absolutely love me in spite of me. You know, and I want to, I want to clarify, and we always, you know, we always have to clarify this, but you know, when that's not saying that it's okay to sin. No, it's no, not no, no, saying no. that it's okay. And to, this wasn't about sin though. And this, no, it wasn't about that, but and we're not saying that that's not what we're saying. So if that's what you're hearing, you know, don't be hearing that. What I'm saying is in Christ, we are focused on sin. Yeah. We're the ones who have a fetish with it. We do. Mm-hmm. Because especially in our culture, we're a guilt, innocent culture and you did something wrong, right? And so we we get so wrapped up in that. We get wrapped up in law and sin and all these things. But God is concerned about grace. And that's and that's why it's so important for us to be an evangelistic outreach filled yeah, church. Absolutely. Because that's the world doesn't see that. No. And we need to bring that message to them. We need to bring we that's that's look at look at look at Egypt here. Mm-hmm. Look at how hard God is working to save Egypt. Yeah. Why? Yeah. They're an idolatrous nation. Yeah. They're evil. They're wicked. Mm-hmm. What does he care about them? And if you're going to sit here and tell me, well, it's only because he's trying to save the seed line. <laughs> Excuse me. No. No, no, no. No. Why if if that's the case then why did God care so much about Nineveh that he sent Jonah? Mm-hmm. Why warn him at all? 
Because Jesus and God are about seeking and saving the lost. That's right. That's always exactly has right. been, always. always will be. And when he left us with a mission, what was the mission? Go into all the world and do what? That's right. Preach the good news. Absolutely. Preach the gospel. Teach them to observe. Teach them, make disciples of them. Baptize them. You know, you can't get away from the fact of what the gospel, what the what the commission was. And it still is in effect today. And it's always been that way. Always has been. You know, I just, I, I listened to a, a preacher, um, great, great preacher. And he was, he was, I love the way he talks about things. You know, he said, God was walking around Ur, the Chaldeans knocking on doors. And he said, and he, well, he comes up to Abram's door and he goes, are you Abram? And he said, yes. And he said, I've got a, I've got a mission. I want you to come with me. We're going to save the world. <laughs> and I thought, man, you know, that's, that's a really cool way to look at that. Mm -hmm. That's exactly what he did. Yeah. You know, now look, I, and obviously that's where we're, I don't know, I don't want to say we're embellishing, but you know, that you could see that. You could see that in a movie today. You could go out and see that in a Hollywood <laughs> movie today. You could yep. see something like that mm -hmm. happening. God looked at Abram and said, through you, I'm going to save the entire world. Mm -hmm. And here comes part of that fulfillment right now mm -hmm. through Joseph. He's going to save the entire world through Joseph and through Pharaoh. Mm -hmm. It's an awesome thing. Awesome. God has been God has been trying to save man from the very beginning, and now He's got us trying to do it. And now He's got the church doing it. It's it's just awesome. It's so it's, it's so cool. It's fantastic, uh, un unbelievable. I mean, it really is. It's just awesome. So we're in verse thirty nine. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, "Since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace, and all my people are to submit to your orders." Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. Isn't that amazing? He didn't. He didn't just. He didn't just <laughs> give him charge over the fields and the grain and everything and all the cattle and everything. He made him second command in Egypt. Yeah. Only Pharaoh is greater than Joseph. This is a this is a convict. Are you listening to him? <laughs> this was a convict, you know. And he made him second in command in Egypt. Unbelievable. Yeah, probably one of the most, from um, probably one of the most powerful nations in the ancient world yeah. during this time. It's yeah. Egypt. I mean, they certainly are because because everybody in the known world is going to come to them for help in just a few short years. Let me get into this and then okay. tell me what to me. Think. Well, and we're almost out of time here. So, so Pharaoh said to Joseph, "I hereby put you in charge of the whole land of Egypt." Then Pharaoh took a signet ring from his finger and put it on Joseph's finger. He dressed him in robes of fine <laughs> linen and put a gold chain around his neck. He had him ride in chariot as as his second in command. Prodigal son, much? Yep, sound like it, don't it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, a little bit. And people shouted before him, "Make way!" Thus he put him in charge of the whole land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, "I am Pharaoh, but without your no word, no one will lift hand or foot in all Egypt." Pharaoh gave Joseph the name uh, Zapnath uh, Paniah and gave him Asenath, daughter of Potipharah. Priest of On to be his wife, and Joseph went throughout the land of Egypt. Joseph was thirty years old when he entered the service of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. How old was Christ when he started preaching? Thirty years old. And y'all didn't want to hire a thirty-year-old preacher. What's wrong <laughs> with you? And Joseph went out from Pharaoh's presence and traveled throughout Egypt. During the seven years of abundance, the land produced plentifully, and Joseph collected all the food produced in those seven years of abundance in Egypt and stored it in the cities. In each city, he put the food grown in the field in the fields surrounding it. Joseph stored up huge quantities of grain like the sand of the sea. It was so much that he stopped keeping records because it was beyond measure. 
And you know, uh, before the years of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph by Asenath, daughter of Pot Potiphera, priest of On. Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh, and it was because, and so Manasseh, so we have this tradition of naming things, mm -hmm. and it's continued, the name means it is because God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. The second son he named Ephraim, and <coughs> said it is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. The seven years of abundance in, the, in Egypt came to an end, and the seven years of famine began, just as Joseph had said. There was famine in all the other lands, but in the whole land of Egypt there was food. When all Egypt began to feel the famine, the people cried to Pharaoh for food. Then Pharaoh told all the Egyptians, go to Joseph and do what he tells you. When the famine had spread over the whole country, Joseph opened all the storehouses and sold grain to the Egyptians, for the famine was severe throughout Egypt. And all the world came to Egypt to buy grain from Joseph, because the famine was severe everywhere. I always, I always look at that and I said, you know, he opened the storehouses and didn't give the Egyptians grain. They sold it to him. Sold it to him. They sold it to him. Sold it to him. <laughs> Capitalism, man. <laughs> yeah. Capitalism. Oh, <laughs> sold it to him. Who's making money? Pharaoh's getting rich. Yes. Yeah. Pharaoh's going to get rich here. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. Hey, that's, that's a great story. Because it's going to get better. It's going to get better. It's going to get better. We're not done. No. You know, there's and there's so much, guys. Look, we've been we've been going through this thing. We've been doing the Law and the Prophets now for a while. I think this is going to be the 39th episode, mm -hmm. um, maybe the 40th. I can't recall off the top of my head. So we've been teaching this class for a long time. By no means have we covered every little thing in the oh, Book of heaven, Genesis. No, we're not trying to. That's that's not the point of this class. There's a lot of stuff going on that we haven't really talked about. We haven't really touched on. If you want to go back and look at the famines and look at how the enemy has been attacking the seed line of God throughout this entire book, that would be an excellent excellent thing to do. Um, go look at how the enemy. This, there's a spiritual warfare going on that sure. is a backdrop of Genesis. Mm -hmm. You know who's bringing the famine? You know now, yeah, God's authority over it, but who's bringing it? You know, who brought the troubles on to Job? Hey, it's the same person. Yeah. So there is this spiritual warfare going on all throughout the book of Genesis um, where the enemy is trying to destroy the seed line. And we haven't even really touched on that at all. We haven't really no. talked about that at no. all. We've really just been looking for that seed line. But just like we're looking for that seed line, the enemy we'll is. We'll look as well. at it more when we get into, into Exodus and when we get in with Moses and all that. We'll get into it more. You well, know. I mean, we'll talk about it a little bit, but understand, church, that. that by no means has this study been exhaustive. That's no, not what this is. No. That's not what we're trying to do. We're we trying never, to, that was never the intent. Never the intent. We're never trying intent. to get back into the, the law. We're trying to examine. We're trying to look at the main story that's well, there. Uh, you know, when I know I, I only took a few classes from Sunset. But you, went to, you went and graduated. But, mm -hmm. but you know, the, the very first thing that Richard Rogers taught us in a class, the very first thing that he taught us in the first class we did, was the Old Testament has one purpose, and one purpose only, and that's to point you to Christ. Yes, and and I'm and I'm and I never forgot that. Now I know it's got a lot of other other things. There's going other on, stuff going on, but, right? But it, the main thing is it's going to point you to Christ, right? And that's what we're trying to do here. Well, it's point you to Christ. Well, and it's not just us looking for Christ, and that's no. really where the spiritual no. warfare comes into play. The yeah. enemy isn't sitting back no. not looking for no. the seed line that's supposed no. to destroy him. He's looking no. to thwart it. No. So understand, and I say that because if you're out there watching us, you might be thinking, oh, you guys didn't talk about this. You guys didn't talk about this. You know, we're not, we can't talk about everything. We're not going to end up talking no. about everything. People could spend their whole lives on just Genesis. Yeah. Um, and so we're trying to move through, trying to get familiar again, get people familiar again with the text and try to talk about the point, the point being, Jesus and giving and giving people an interesting study that that you know because it's a story 
It is. It it's is a narrative. Story. Absolutely. And 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 there's a there's going to be a lot of players, and a lot of directions and ins and outs in this story. And all we're trying to do is navigate through the story and get you to a place. But so far, one thing that is just should be absolutely clear, and I pray that we've made it so. God is trying to save the, the world. world. Mm-hmm. He's trying to save you. That's right. If you haven't put on Christ yet. He's trying to save you. That's what all this is about. This is what all this all this fight and struggle. Look, God is God. He if, he could have just said, "I'm done with humanity. I'm done." But that's not what he did. He loves us. He loves you. And he wants you to be in a relationship with him. And the only way that's going to happen, the only way you're going to find fulfillment, joy, peace, all of these things that God promises, the only reason you're, the way you're going to find that is through Christ. Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but through me. I came to seek and save the lost. I came so that man would have life and have it abundantly. And, and, and he says, I did not come to judge and I did not come to condemn the world. I came to seek and save the lost. And it doesn't mean that it's okay to continue in no, sin. No, it doesn't. But it does mean that Christ is the solution to your sin. So if you haven't put him on, if you don't know what it means to put him on, if you don't know how to obey the gospel, please, 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 please do not hesitate. Please reach out to us. Please get a hold of us. You can catch me on Facebook. You can, you know, you can email me. Please get a hold of us and let's talk. Absolutely. Let's talk. I don't care where you're at. I don't care what sin you've committed. I don't care. Let's talk. Absolutely. Because I can introduce you to the man who's going to make a difference in your Absolutely. life. Absolutely. Let's pray. Father, thank you for for getting us through this study and 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 this whole this whole study that we've been involved in. It truly is amazing to watch you work in, in people's lives and work in, through the world and, and use the, the different avenues that you're going to use. Father, we look forward to seeing what's going to come next. And we, I pray, Father, that we made this interesting and that, uh, that people will, will tune back in and watch us again next time. Thank you, Father. And be with our audience. Be with all of those that are watching. You know the situations they find themselves in. There may be someone out there that is really struggling. And I pray, Father, that you would help them to... Uh, uh, lead them and let, that they will allow you to lead them uh, to some answers in their life. Thank, thank you for the opportunity that if you choose to use us to help. Thank you, Father, for that opportunity. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.